Hello and welcome to Impulse Chats. My name is Sarah Barnes and if you'd like to connect with me outside of this recording, you can find me on Instagram at impulseyoga underscore. This recording will go out on Instagram TV in parts and also on my YouTube channel and Apple uh, podcast as well. I have a very special guest joining me today. His name is Josh Lipscomb and he is the founder and owner of the Yoga Factory, which is a yoga studio based in the UK that not only is a space for lots of different types of yoga classes, but is also a really strong community and space where people go to experience different events as well. And Josh and I are going to be discussing his unconventional journey into education and why that might be beneficial for some other people. So, Josh, thank you for joining me today. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Hello. Hey. Um, well, I'm, I'm thinking I'm on my own show. <laughs> um, so, Josh, um, if you could just jump directly into the gig and tell us a bit of information about yourself and your background and how you came to be in the position that you are in. Yeah, sure. Um, so, I started kind of practicing yoga. I guess we'll stick on the yoga element for now, but I started practicing yoga. Um, around when I was about, I guess, properly around 14, 15 years old. I was all, always kind of into yoga anyway. Uh, my mum uh, adapted it as a practice for a prenatal kind of um, preparation for birth type vibe, you know, pregnancy yoga, which a lot of people do actually initially start yoga when they're doing the pregnancy. So it's really nice. Um, so, you know, you could say I was practicing from, from day one, um, but I always had an interest or uh, seeking to, I guess, a higher thinking in a way. Um, I was always, I, don't know, I guess I always was interested in an alternative way of living. Um, and one day I was, I was playing rugby and I injured myself really bad. And I, I, as, a, as a way of recovery, I, I started doing some asana. And I, yeah, just loved it from the start. I had the typical, well, not typical, maybe it's not typical, but you hear a lot of people, you know, first time yoga, they have this blissful experience or they have a really nice euphoric experience because you've never laid still for five minutes or you've never stretched the body in that way or moved the prana around the body in that way. So it's a nice nourishing experience the first time around. And, and, that, and then it got me from there. And then I ditched the uh, physical sport and <laughs> opted in for the, the yoga journey. And um, it went on and I started... A, I started being a bit more serious about it, I guess at a young age you could could say. Um, I did my first teacher training, started my first teacher training when I was 17 and, and then finished that one when I, when I was 18, which finished it a couple of days after my birthday actually. And then a year later I went, went to India and did a, a, a 200 hour with the Shivananda as well. So I did two 200 hours that, that uh, kind of over the space of that year and a half, which was cool. Um, and after that, the journey continued to, to live in the centres, in the, in the organisation for, for a little bit, just under a year. Um, so not too long. There's people who stay in that, that organisation for their whole life or, or 15, 20 years. So relatively small amount of time spent within that environment, but very effective with that short amount of time. Uh, and then I did a little bit of exploring after that. And, you know, as you do, I think when you go into doing something quite 
heavy or like you you commit yourself to something it's like it's like you know people go to university they go and you do that four years of study and then often you do like a gap year or something after or they feel the need to want to do something other than just learn or just you know concentrate on on progressive learning or higher education so I just kind of like put everything behind me for a bit and and went traveling again um I'm a bit of a traveler at heart I guess I, I don't really like to stay in one place for too long this is the longest I've been back in the UK now for a long time. Um, so yeah, I went away and I just kind of felt the need. I think, I think the yoga practice unveils a lot of things when you're, when you, when you get, get closer towards that kind of stillness or the self, as you want to call it. And it develops as a lifestyle and it completely changes. It doesn't really become a practice anymore. So I guess I was listening to what, I really needed to do and follow and I actually kind of went the opposite end of the spectrum for a little bit I spent I did like some more like things that I wanted to do I guess in my youth because I don't know I've maybe always been a little bit too serious in life and I took things quite literally and after doing that living in the ashram like, I mean I was 18 19 years old so I was quite young and then I left there and and I went and started a relationship with someone and and I guess I just kind of threw myself into that and wanted to work. And then I was like, that all ended and, and my job ended. And I thought, you know, I just want to kind of live like a 20 year old would for a little bit. So I kind of did that. It was needed. It was great. You know, six months of living like a 20 year old. And I was 20. So I needed that, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's a little bit about me. That's not much, but it's a little bit. <laughs> And so why did you why did you start up the yoga factory then you know because obviously you've gone at a, quite a young age and chosen this very different uh different path for yourself to some extent and so why why did you then decide okay next challenge i'm going to go ahead and open my own yoga studio yeah so like, i guess that was a very short story and sometimes memories come flooding back when you do a thousand things a day but basically um before I left to go to India, I started, I started the yoga factory, really. Like what the yoga factory is now was called Unit 9 Yoga. And it was, it's, look, it's nothing mental, but it's what you would describe as a, as a small yoga center, I guess. Um, my mom had a little bit of space in one of her factories and uh, I, I took it, I'll, I'll be honest, is the reason I'd sort of started the yoga center in a way was because I, I didn't, I was kind of embarrassed, I guess, about teaching. It wasn't a yoga, I didn't call it a yoga center really at the start, it turned into one, but I was like, I was young and I felt intimidated about going to yoga studios to teach, like where there was older women, especially, you know, so like kind of like more like mother figures. They're not really like, you know, it wasn't like you was vibing off of them. It wasn't a relaxed environment. It wasn't young people. It was like, especially here in Essex, it's a kind of different crowd, you know? Um, so I guess I was almost like resistant to wanting to go and do that and always had uh, an inquiry in doing something for myself kind of that more I guess you could call it a business mentality um, so I was like okay well, cool I'm gonna do this and I'm just gonna like start teaching classes out of here um, they started to grow a little bit and I started to meet people who are like similar stage of the journey as me started out teaching I asked them to come and teach at the yoga center, like this yoga space, um, where we had a, I had a reception. I was always, from the start, my philosophy has been that like, I don't want yoga to be a yoga class. I want yoga to be a lifestyle. Like before I even went to the Shivananda, I already knew that like, that was what 
I always wanted. I wanted to integrate yoga into people's lifestyle, not their just their one hour of the, their day. So, as you know, what the yoga factory is like, we're big on community, we're big on the community space. So I always had a reception area. I was like, I don't want to start anything unless it's got a reception area where people can gather and we can take tea and we can chill and we can hang out, you know, and we can talk. Um, because I hated going to a yoga class and not being able to talk to the teacher, you know. I was interested in this practice. I was interested. I wanted to know more from the start, um, as many people do. And that's why I went into the teach training course. And there was no one to talk to, you know, because you'd go to a yoga class and... I know in London, this is also a, a quite a big thing. You know, you'd go to your class and then you get kicked straight out of the studio and then it's like, okay, everyone's like putting their shoes on and going home. I didn't want that. Um, I wanted something w which was, you know, heavily focused around community and had that community space. So kind of sidetracked there. But basically I started teaching up this little building and then, and then um, I decided to go and do the teach training course in India after a recommendation from my very first teacher, comrade. He, he left his body... Um, Four years ago now he's a really good friend of mine and um and he said you've got to go to india i can't teach you anything else like i've got nothing left in my bucket like you know go and do the teach training course in india so i went to the do the shivananda course uh in dordra prayag in india uh and then i then i called my mum whilst i was there and i said i don't i don't think i'm going to come back and by this time i'd already kind of built a little bit of a community i guess you know it was small you know, the, the room could fit maybe eight people in it. It's not very big. Like, I'm not describing a huge yoga center that has what we have now with 35 classes a week, you know. But still, there was something going down. There was a vibe, you know. And, and my mum was like, all right, cool. You know, I just, there was no, it wasn't an official business. There was no, like, you know, mon not much money invested in it. And uh, she rung me back a week later and said, I saw one of the students in the park and they're really loving it. They said it's changed their life and they love the yoga and they really want to continue it. And she was like, are you sure you're not going to come back? And I was like, no, I'm not going to come. I don't want to come back and do it. Uh, so she carried it on herself. And then, yeah, and then we're at the yoga factory now today. And that was five years ago now when I said I wasn't coming back. So, yeah. And then... Now I've been here three years again, uh, almost. Uh, and this is, yeah, progress in that way. And, um, and so what was it like living at the centre? Because I know a lot of people have these, um, these ideas in their head and, you know, in our, in our imaginations of what it's like to go and do a yoga teacher training in India and to go and live somewhere, you know, in an, in an ashram for a month. But the reality is sometimes either quite bad or, you know, people come back and they're just like, whoa, this is such an amazing experience. It's completely changed me. So what was your week to week like? You know, what was, what, what was it like in that space? What was your experience? Just for example, like a week. Yeah, sure. Uh, it, it was very similar to a, to a, like a residential 200 hour course, but there was just more work involved, I guess. So like the reason I, I decided to take that um, task upon me to go and live in the centre was because... I, I just loved that lifestyle. So I did the 200-hour teacher training course, which is a residential course, four weeks. Um, the Shivananda teacher training course is four weeks long and you get up at half five in the morning and you do asanas in the morning, uh, you know, you do meditation, pranayama, you do the lectures in the daytime and then in the evening you do more classes and more meditation. So that course is brilliant, you know, like obviously I hadn't never experienced that before, firstly. And 
I was getting to the end of the course. I was like, what? Why would I do anything else? Like, this is wicked. Like, I love this. This is so cool, you know? Like, living in this environment with these people who are interested in working on themselves. They're interested in uh, the progression of the world. They're interested in, in helping people, you know, positively creating positive change in, in each individual person. You know, not just the global scale, but each individual person. And I wanted that. I wanted to, I wanted to serve, firstly. You know, I wanted to do karma yoga. I wanted to serve. I wanted to know what it's like to serve. I've always been inclined in that way, I guess. And I wanted to learn. Like, I wanted to be in that space. So, you know, uh, I, so when I said I wanted to, so what happens is, I kind of give you a bit of backstory to what I'm going to say, is what happens is when you say you want to, like, kind of be involved in the organisation, they decide where they're going to send you because it's a multinational organisation. I think they realised I was young and, you know, I was, I was English and my parents were like, you know, we we're in Southeast England here, so I was close to London. So they ended up sending me to the London centre. That's where I was based. And, you know, it's, it was different to the teacher training course, but for me, it was, I loved it more than the teacher training course. You'd get up early in the morning, not, not that early, really, half five in the morning. You know, you'd all, every single day, you'd all meditate together at six o'clock. You'd do the whole... Uh, you know, the whole satsang that we normally do on the teacher training course, there'd be meditation, there'd be kirtan, and then we'd all read a little something. And we wouldn't open the centre until, remember now, like nine maybe the first classes? Can't remember, anyway. Then like after that, from the moment you finish your meditation and you do your own asana, so you have like three hours in the morning dedicated to practice every day, like that's yours. So you meditate together and then you have the chance to do asana and pranayama or whatever practice you want to do for, for about an hour and a half. So, you know, you've got this morning meditation that takes about an hour and a half. You've got this uh, practice time in about an hour and a half that's dedicated for you. So that is the whole point of going there. It's like, this is a space where you can work on your practice, but in exchange for that, you get some, you know, you have to work and you get somewhere to live and you get food. Um, and you, but you're committed to being there. You know, it's like you're full service there. So after the morning practice is done, then it's, it's flat out, especially in a city-based centre. Um, it's similar to what we, we're experiencing here. It's not like an ashram whereby, you know, it's chilled and you've got guests coming over on holiday and, and you know, it's a nice ashram environment where it's big and there's lots of people there and you can kind of bunk off a little bit and chill out in your room for half an hour. You know, I, I know people have gone to live in ashrams which are like kind of, a little bit more like holiday and then you just get to chill and just like you know <laughs> they sneak up into the background a lot of the day and maybe like four hours five hours work but here it's like you're not getting away from anything so like you know from from nine in the morning like you're working until 10 o'clock at night but not stopping you know you get an hour's break or something but it's not like we're rushing or we're like you know we're going at such a fast pace where it's uncontrollable and you know you're your nervous system is everywhere and you're in the parasympathetic nervous system or, you know, or, or you're, sorry, you're heavily in the sympathetic nervous system, whatever. No, it's not like that. You're, you're in a sapphic space and a calm space. It's easy. There's no financial pressure. You know, all you've got to do is you've got to work hard, serve people and teach yoga and, and, and that's it. Trust in God, really. So what more could you ask for? It's pretty chilling, really. Like, I mean, it's hard work. So that's why some people go to these experiences and they're like, you know, this is, this is too much for me. But that's often because either like, you know, they, they touch the fire with regards to their practice and it's a bit like, whoa, like this is cool. I've really stilled the mind. 
I've suddenly got no desire and then they all get a bit panicky and it's a bit like, whoa, like this is too much. I'm seeing my own reflection pretty closely. Or, you know, people are like, why are they making me work so much and I'm not getting paid? And I'm not that into the yoga practice, you know, I just wanted somewhere to live for a bit. So, you know, that's often what happens. But for me, it's the opposite. Like, I love that place. Like, I love being there. Um, I love the people there. I love the experience of, of serving there and helping people, helping this organization. Um, so I guess um, a typical day is, is, you know, your practice, you, you get time for it and then the rest of the day you're working. So it's not that exciting. But then when I lived in France in the ashram there that they have, it was a much different experience, actually a completely different experience in that sense. So, you know, it depends where you are, I guess, but I like cities as well. So it was a pretty good experience. I think that answers the question. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it does. And, and so how did you find integration after? Because, you know, I just know from my own experience in Bali after my teacher training, we had a whole, you know, sit down talk about, okay, this has been great, but it's going to be a bumpy, you know, first month going back into real life outside of, you know, Bali and outside of this. And so how did you find it when you left the center? Did you find the integration easy or was there something that you felt like you were really coming up against when you, when you first came out? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, not, not, yeah, well, there is things definitely. Um, I was about to say not particularly, but, in general, very motivated, you know. Um, motivated to teach yoga and maintain a practice for sure. Like that, I found has stayed with me ever since that experience. Like, you know, I don't struggle to motivate myself much to do the practice. I don't struggle to integrate routine much. Whereas, you know, this is a common issue for many people, and that's what we're trying to help with, you know. And that, especially for me on a daily basis I'm trying to help people create that that was kind of heavily ingrained you know that samskara of that was was was, was deep rooted in in the spine but the struggles more came with I guess integrating with people that that don't necessarily want to be nice all the time realities really you know what, what what's important to highlight is is that going and living in an ashram is it, it's Personally, it's pretty, it's pretty easy, you know. I think it's an easy experience. Um, you, you don't have the normal stresses of, of this, this world. You know, for example, financial pressures or relationship struggles or, you know, relationships with your family, you know, other people that you encounter on a day-to-day -day basis. You don't really get that because you're in a little safe haven. You're in a little bubble. I could imagine if you're more maybe a director and you're someone who's a bit more holds a bit more responsibility that could change but i didn't get to that stage so I'm, I'm i'm unaware of that but coming out you know you have the the, the normal uh, everyday struggles that other people are facing you know you get that gets put on you in many ways because we pick up on these things we pick up on these energies so i guess what really was hard was adapting to okay some people are actually really bloody miserable <laughs> and some people don't really want maybe want to like you necessarily so like that was one thing is is i had that naivety about me again that like you know a, a 13 12 year old might have you know that everyone's really nice and everyone's a good person and i'm not saying that there's i'm not trying to say there's bad people out there there's, it, the world is full of amazing people but there's a lot of people that want to make your life a lot harder as well 
Um, so I guess that integration was somewhat difficult. And the other thing was the time of practice, I guess. You become a little bit obsessed with like, the practice is the be or end all. And it took me many years to get out of that, of like the pressure that I put on myself to have to practice. And that's just something I had to work through, you know, like I'd be like, oh, I haven't done my practice today or oh, I haven't made the time for the practice today or oh, like, you know, I'm having to do this for my partner, so that means I can't do the practice. What's going on there, you know? I guess sometimes I still have these small battles in my mind, but it's not as bad. So that was one thing. Um, yeah, it's a good question. I'm sure there's many other things that I struggled with, but kind of, I guess, they've been erased now in many ways. But, yeah, it's a good question. I, um, I, I like what you're talking about um, in terms of the pressure of maintaining your your practice after because I think that's something that a lot of new yoga teachers will resonate with because you know me me myself I felt it too and I felt the repercussions of not really understand what is the most powerful part of my practice where I was doing so much asana and also teaching a lot and now I realize how much more important my meditation is and I can go without the asana for a day it doesn't matter but and I can obviously go without the meditation for a day but the, the, I really see more of a difference in how I behave and how I respond without the meditation and that I mean it is you are right there is this this struggle of oh you know when am I going to make time to do this when I'm you know I haven't had my, my 10 minutes here or I haven't done you know I haven't done my pranayama and it is it a lot of people who come to yoga as yoga teachers are people who have put a lot of or are people who put a lot of pressure on themselves they've got a lot going on up here which is why they find yoga and going into a yoga teacher training so interesting because they want to understand the mind but people who want to understand the mind often are the people who have so much going on there anyway so there is definitely i mean i feel it myself what what, what you said that yeah that I think, I, think, I think that's really important as well just to highlight for everyone that like you know the bare minimum is the best thing you could do like just that five minutes is 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 great and um, and that's what like um, I talked about this on my own podcast with TJ who's, who's a, who teaches the in training and we and him have a very very similar practice in that sense is like you know if I've done my small amount a day that I'm and then now now I'm happy like you know that five minutes of meditation is, is, is sometimes is all I can fit in and that's, that's, I'm grateful for that. So just a little bit of something is better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And so now in terms of you know, your, your own personal practice, do you, do you try to, to get the meditation in every day or do you feel like asana is still a really big part of your, your personal practice? Yeah, I think... Um, I think it's all all important really like I like I think all of it's important in my practice still but yeah like I'm I'm, I'm of the opinion that like my meditation's like number one priority and it, I guess it always has been though that's like kind of I started out in my journey as a meditator like that's the first thing I did before I went to any yoga classes I did I practiced meditation like from the start that's been what has has I guess hooked me onto this journey is been the meditation I did a I did a TM course before I even went to a yoga class like when I was 16 I went and done the transcendental meditation course because <laughs> yeah I just loved it and I was like I didn't know what to do I didn't know what like meditation was or how I could find it so 
one mate at school actually his uncle was like a meditator and he was telling me all about the tm foundation and i was like i need to go and do that like that sounds cool so i guess like that's always been my highest priority anyway but now more than ever it's like that space is so important for me and i guess yeah that's what i come to the most for sure so, I mean, now we're talking a little bit about discipline and, and, and routine. And I think that relates to my next question quite nicely, because a lot of people um, have this quarter life crisis now and kind of feel like the education system to some extent is failing them. And when they get to that age, or maybe it's at 30, we're looking at our lives and questioning, okay, well, I've gone through this system of, you know, university, and I made a decision at 17 that I like doing this, but now that I'm 30, or I'm 25, or I'm 28, or I'm 24, whatever, um, it's not really sitting well with, it's not sitting well with me, and, and I don't feel disciplined enough, I don't feel like I have you know, I just don't feel grounded in my own life is essentially what, what I'm trying to say. And why do you think that, that, that that's happening? And how do you feel um, having your more alternative um, pathway? You know, you started at 16, right? You went to your first, was it 16 you did your... I did this meditation course when I was 16, yeah. Like, I, actually, now I think about it, maybe I actually went to yoga classes before I did that course. But, yeah, it felt like that's when the journey started to kick off, you know, like, so, yeah. Yeah, so so is there something that you're noticing when you're speaking with clients for that you've just found for yourself that, you know, why do you think that our education system is kind of failing people and leading, leading them to get to this point in their lives where they're sitting around and kind of questioning, oh, well, I'm kind of in this now, in this job, but I'm not really happy and I want to have a, a career change or, you know, a big change in my life. Do you feel like um, what you did and your, your your route helped you with that and helped you to, you know, uh, what's the word, seed uh, stronger ethics? Mm. Yeah, I, like, I think my journey played a massive role in this. I think there's been a couple, there's been quite a few things in my life that have been pivotal to like creating harmony and purpose because i think what we're talking about relates a lot to like purpose and what people see purpose as being um i'm speaking from my own experience and the people closest to me's experience because i don't don't want to directly speak about experiences with clients or presume because i'm never really delved into it that much i'm not really a psychotherapist or anything but um i think that so there was a lot of questions there so i'm just going to try and phrase it in the right way but um I'm, I'm going to relate to my own journey first. So when I was um, seven, I'm, we moved to Spain as a family. So like, I went and integrated myself in a completely different culture from a young age. So I spent four years there um, as, a, as a child. And I think that was quite a big moment in my life because it taught me to adapt to new environments. So like, as human beings, you know, whenever we go to a new place, we've got to adapt slowly. But our physical body has to adapt you know, and our mind obviously has to adapt, and especially in a foreign country because we have to adapt to the language in a way. So I think that, well, actually throughout my whole life, like we've just been a bit movie. My mum loves like change. So like we've been to a lot of different places and I've made a lot of changes happen in my life. And I think that kind of built up some resilience to change because I think what is happening now in the education system, so going back to the original point, I just remember what I was going to say, is that, um, and I'm no expert on this, this is just my personal opinion, I guess, is that 
we're just so like there's just one funnel or there's one um you know road to go down and, and that's all people you know see or think that is the only option for them is uh as a child or as a child or as a young adult they think there's only one option they can take that's you know ed education like do the exams get the best results go to university and then what no one knows but i think what helped me with this whole adapting to the environments what i'm trying to say also being in into an alternative lifestyle i guess an alternative way of being is that it allowed me to like just slow down and understand what maybe i wanted really for myself even though i'm not the best example because like i've only ever done one thing really and that's like teach yoga and run a, a business and you know yeah i've worked like loads of loads in my life like i worked for my mum a lot and she's had multiple businesses i've worked for you know a few other people doing stuff doing stuff and i've always been proactive and always adapted but i think you know I had just a very small glimpse of a time where I was like, well, what do I actually do? I didn't want to go to university. Um, I didn't want to continue education. I didn't particularly want to go into jobs that I was knowledgeable about or I was aware about because it's all about awareness, right? So like when, you know, we're from the same area, so I'm sure you've experienced the same sort of thing, is when you're at school around here, you think that like the, the best thing you can do is go up to the city and, and be a broker or like something like that because we, it is ingrained in us that we have to earn money. We are obsessed with the material world. You know, like we're obsessed with wanting to earn money and then with that reason, we think that we have to go and get the highest paid job to earn money, you know? So there is no creativity in, you know, us progressing as a, as a human being, or there is no like kind of truth to that because we don't need to earn, that isn't the be or end or any money, you know? we don't. You know, that there's so many people in this world who are brilliant examples of that, you know, that material goods aren't, you know, uh, the fruits of life. And that is what we're trying to achieve with yoga, right? We're trying to, in a way, you know, um, transcend those desires, transcend the desire for money and materialism and come a little bit closer towards the truth and just live in, in harmony with nature and what we've got available to us. That's what I'm trying to do anyway. I'm speaking maybe for... For other people, maybe I'm not, but that is what yoga means to me. That's what I'm trying to achieve for yoga is I'm trying to come to a deeper understanding of what the self is, a deeper understanding of what my true nature is and um, understanding further my purpose and each step of the way and being willing to adapt. Whereas now I think there's this huge pressure that you have to work, you have to earn money, you have to be successful, whatever that means, okay? Because I don't know what success is and I still don't know how to measure success but like, I think there's just so much pressure built up through educate, the education system, the way it is built, that it's not allowing people the freedom to go and explore, you know, what they really truly want. You know, like more and more now as a young adult, as I go further weirdly into the practice of yoga and into what we, I would define as a, um, I don't like the word successful, but you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. You know, I like what I do. I like going to the yoga center. I love having people there. I love teaching classes. I love, you know, creating workshops and events, all of these sort of great things that we do at the yoga factory. I love that. But more and more I delve into that, the more and more I see my true nature and what the potential of that is. You know, I enjoy doing this sort of thing. I enjoy a whole array of other things, which I wouldn't have known about if it wasn't that for the fact of following an alternative path of education. Because I, 
class going to the Shivananda as being education. I class that as my university. Like I think before I used to have on my Facebook page like which university did you go to? And I put like the Shivananda Yoga Vedanta organization. You know, because like I class that as being like my place of learning, even though it wasn't, but it is because it is these life skills. Like as a 18, 19 year old, I had to do my own washing, I had to clean toilets, you know, I had to grow vegetables, I had to serve customers, I had to teach people yoga, you know, I had to welcome guests, I had to, you know, look after special guests, all of these sort of things that you, I feel like are really important in our growth in understanding who we are and understanding how the world functions. Um, yeah, I, I hope that answers something, but that's kind of my standpoint, I guess, on, on, on it in a, in a short way. I think, yeah, we need to make dramatic change and I'm sure it will come one day, but yeah, it's definitely not not suited to everyone, our education system. There's so many great things out there and creative things. You know, I know you've done a little bit of creative work, but you know, like we can be creative and innovative on how we supplement our lifestyles. And if we, we really come to the root of it and we really understand that it's not all about earning money, then hopefully more and more people can see that. And they can see that, you know, by, you know, making a movie or, a short movie or making you know being a social i don't know whatever it is the creative jobs out there i was going to say social media marketing sort of person but i think every every 18 year old wants to do that now so that's not a really good example but maybe it was before so <laughs> and then so i'm making an, an assumption here so please correct me if i'm wrong but i'm guessing at the shivananda center you were learning around a lot of people who were also um, of lots of different ages, older and younger, and did you feel like that really helped you, like learning as part of a community as opposed to just in with within your age group and in step? Yeah, sure, um, definitely. I'll, so you, you you kind of you know you, you said it to me a couple of times over the last few days. You said that I'm maybe quite mature for my age or whatever. I don't know what, what it was you said, but people always weirdly said that to me all my uh, life. Also, definitely. But I I, I don't know. I, I now I more and more understand maybe about mysticism and yoga. I think maybe okay, it's more like you know past life stuff and 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 my own karma, but. I personally, at the beginning of my journey and when I was younger, I always put it down to the fact that I always like was interacting with older people. I was, I'm the oldest in my family, me and my brother. So my parents and my parents had me and I was the only child out of their group of friends. So I was always with older people then. I progressed in my life. My cousins were all older than me. So I always hung out with my cousins. They're all older than me. Always I've had like, Different ages to learn from throughout my whole life. Same when I went to the Shivananda. Obviously, there's people there who are 70 years old. There's people there who are 25 years old. So I think, yeah, we can learn so much from people of different ages all the time. And there's so much to learn from everyone. Uh, and, yeah, being comfortable to speaking to people of all sorts of ages. I think now, I think personally, I'm just relating this to the screen. I think this is like what is blocking people from... I guess learning from other people is like we give kids the screen all the time we give them the phone all the time so they're not integrating with adults and then when it comes to it they're very shy so that you know there's no I don't know we don't I don't feel like there's growth going on sometimes I feel like it's stunted by not socializing with older people or people with different ages and learning from them we then become quite shut off to that I think 
I don't know, mate, that's my own analogy, but yeah, definitely. I learned from, I've had, and I think this is what it is, is I've had so many different teachers or so many different people to look up to. But just because I see them as this elder who knows and understands and I just want to absorb from them. So yeah, like there's a lot of different role models in, in the organisation. There's a lot of different role models outside of the organisation. So yeah, definitely. And what advice would you give to someone who is at a fork in the path at the moment and feels a bit stuck in what they're doing in their career or, or in their life or maybe even in their practice? And um, no, actually, you know what, let's keep it more geared towards, um, towards career and education and next step in, in, in their life. What advice would you give to someone who feels a bit stuck and like they want to make a change in a new direction with what they're doing with their life? I think um, the best thing, and this is something, uh, I'm gonna actually give this credit to my mom, she always said to me, is go and work for free. Um, like, okay, yeah, it might not be possible if you're listening to this and you're like, you've got a family and you've got a mortgage, but you know, if you're listening to this and you're at a crossroads and you don't really have any financial responsibility or any other responsibility that's holding you back, is go and try and go and put yourself out there and just and just give time to people because I think that when we and this relates to yoga as well right like when we suddenly make things our career choice or we make it you know our, a choice to actually like gain financially from it then often we lose the passion or the love for it so I think that to really know if you want to do something, you can go and do it for free and go and work for free. And then you really know if you actually want to do that and you want to be in that space. And I guess also is, is listen, like take time. I wish I had a good answer for this, Sarah, because I think, I think about this question every single day. Um, and especially because I have a younger sibling who's, who's at that stage as well and slowly finding their own. But I think it's about, listening slowing down and actually just looking at the options the universe gives you because there's so many signs that you get which we don't listen to because either we're blinded by lust uh, anger greed jealousy hatred all of these things when we become blinded by them we don't see the true signs from the universe and if we are willing to listen to them then it will guide us in the right way so i guess the number one thing is patience and sit back and and it will show you the right time because there's good karma there for everyone, so it will come to you, for sure. We're talking about, you know, slowing down a bit so that you can listen. So in terms of slowing down, you're giving out quite a lot. You're, I see you're always busy with the Yoga Factory, always putting on events, you know, online yoga for you has become a massive thing as, as well. So because you're giving out quite a lot of the time, are there certain things that you do to feel charged up that kind of light you up and illuminate you when you're, when you're um, so busy and maybe a little bit run down? Yeah, there's a lot of things, I guess. I think the number one thing is the practice for sure, like maintaining daily practice on something, as, us, as we said earlier, is the number one thing. Just keeping, keeping that fire ignited, I always think of that analogy, it's talked about a lot in yoga, but really just keeping that small fire burning inside of you is gonna keep the prana up, and it keeps mine up anyway. 
And I, I'm, I'm big on, on diet. Like I think that's for me is the, one of the biggest things is the consumption of what food I'm taking in or what drink I'm taking in. Um, I, I think that there is so much energy and so much restoring that can be done through having a proper diet and having a well-balanced diet, not eating too much, not eating too little or not eating at all sometimes is brilliant. So like those practices of diet and food is for me is a massive thing. So regularity of eating, I always like to keep like the same times of eating because that just helps me. Like I don't see food as a pleasurable thing. I see food as a, I do, like I like to make good food. That's a complete lie actually. If you go on my Instagram, there's a whole highlight about food, of course, and you'll see lots of pictures of food. But I guess, you know, I eat food for fuel. I don't really eat food that much for pleasure. Like I like everyone likes things to taste sattvic and nice and good and balanced. Like, but I'm eating it for for fuel definitely. So I think regularity time of eating is one thing that keeps me charged up. Um, the the nature definitely. Like I'm so lucky to live a two minute walk from from the beach, uh, and that wasn't that was on purpose. Like what I, I wanted to. I made that choice because I think it's really important for my health. Uh, I like to be close to the to the water. Um, if it's not the water, I like to be close to the mountain. Um, so I did everything I could, I guess, to to try and live closer towards the sea. Um, and I'm I'm a big I'm big on the 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 phone. I I don't I think one thing for me is is getting rid of that thing as often as I can when I don't need it. Like. As you mentioned, I lead a quite full life, I guess. Um, so not having the phone with me sometimes is tricky, but on the days when I know I don't need it, I definitely like to put it aside and not have that as a distraction because I think it consumes so much energy. That is through scrolling and through the actual blue light. Um, so so many great things that you can do, isn't there, I guess? Go and lay outside on the floor. I love that. <laughs> and, and, and keeping quiet, like... Keeping quiet is a big thing and, you know, when you're in also like um, a space where you share with someone, so if you have a partner, like that can seem quite strange, but they, I I don't know, maybe people do this anyway, but I think when I'm, when I'm real tired and obviously I speak to people all the time, I think like silence is a major thing for me, but I do like to be quiet sometimes. I like to just like not not speak so much sometimes and it just helps just to slow everything down and conserve energy so definitely is like because you know the, the number one thing you do when you get time is like you want to ring people right or like you want to like i don't know i don't know that's sometimes what i do anyway in my mind is like when i know i have time like and I've, you know you say you've done your practice and you've done what you need to do you've maybe eaten like i just said you've done all of those things like then you suddenly get time on your hands and you're like okay so what why let's just waste more time on doing something but Sometimes just sitting there and just slowing down is like the most powerful thing you could do. You know, like t- t- today, for example, like I've, I've got things to do this afternoon, but I'm, after this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop for a moment, I think, and I'm just going to like stop and n- try not to do more than that, even though it's super difficult. But stopping is, is definitely a way to recharge prana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop everything. <laughs> so, and so... Um... 
you know, I'm sure people listening would be interesting to find out where do you go for inspiration? So are there any Instagram feeds that you follow or any books that you always come back to or that you can recommend? Or, you know, maybe there is a documentary that you've seen recently that you, you really love. You know, what what's inspiring you? Um, I guess kind of had some things handy. Um, digitally, um, there's, there's this guy on Instagram that I really like. So, like, you know, like, I, I kind of guess, I don't know if people are surprised. I'm surprised. I don't really, like, talk, I don't talk about yoga loads that, that much because I, even though I teach yoga and I have a yoga center, I don't know how this is going to sound, but, like, I don't see yoga as a thing of, like, a, ho a hobby. Like, I see it as a lifestyle, and I always have. Um, so I kind of feel like it's just innate in me. Like I'll end up most probably talking about yoga somewhere or another, but I feel like it'll be of a different construct. But um, like my things where I draw inspiration from, and even for teaching my classes where I draw inspiration from, are from other areas. Like it's not from necessarily yoga in a way. Does that make sense? Because I don't see it as like something specific yoga. I see it as something like massive. I see it, life is yoga and that is, what the Vedas are teaching us in many ways is that life is yoga. And so inspiration for me comes in many different forms. I'm really into my music, like 100%. I love my music so much. So like a lot of inspiration comes from music. Um, at the moment, I'm like listening to not a lot because not a lot's been released. So I just, I know Jesse said the same to you, but I listen to Bob Marley a lot anyway. I love reggae, I love roots. So that's cool. Um, Weirdly, I like I like quite a lot of hip hop as well. Um, Mac Miller just released a new album not so long ago. I love him. Uh, draw a lot of inspiration from that. Weirdly, I listen to a lot of chanting music as well. I draw inspiration from that. But on the internet, I follow this guy on Instagram. Not much inspires me on Instagram, if I'm honest with you, Sarah. I don't really follow anyone that I like go on there to look at or I like that much. I guess I don't, especially in the yoga community, unfortunately, like I don't really find anyone that inspiring. Um, I'm most probably not contributing to helping that either because I'm too lazy to do anything on my own Instagram. Um, <laughs> I tend to focus too much on my business Instagram, but um, I follow a guy called Onkay that I really rate. Like if anyone's into cooking, go and follow that guy. He's really cool. Like he, he's doing some really cool stuff. Like he cooks in clay pots all the time and, is eating like sapphic food and, and cooking sapphic food. So that's cool. Like, he's a cool vibe. Um, I listen to Joe Rogan loads. Like I love podcasts. Um, I don't know why I love Joe Rogan. I just think he's awesome. I think it's real. I think it's, you know, it's, it's real life stuff. It's yoga to me. Like even though he's a hunter and he eats meat and that, which I don't totally agree with everything he says. And I think that's the good, that's the thing. That's part of the reason why I like it. I like to hear controversial things. I like to listen to things I don't like sometimes. Um, I think it's really cool. That inspires me to listen to things I don't like, to look at things I don't really like, um, to create that balance. So, like, Rogan, listen to him a lot. Um, who else have we listened to recently? I kind of like um, this Jay Shetty guy. He's cool. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's nice. I listen to him sometimes. He, he, he's pretty cool. He has quite a bit of structure to his podcast, but he's pretty, he's pretty cool. Um, and then, and then nature, like, I'm going to keep mentioning it, but, like, I pull so much inspiration from that. Coming, everything is in here, you know, like, everything we need to know, uh, without being too cliche and, and traditional in that sense, everything is inside of us. All inspiration is there. 
all you need to do is listen you know I love going outside and being in the, in nature because I feel like most of my inspiration is coming only from up here yeah it might be some from some external sources a lot of the time you know some things you see on the internet but really truly like my inspiration is coming from nature itself from our own being itself um because that's that's where the ideas come if you think of something and it's and it's your own and it's unique to yourself then that's when the true inspiration comes and that's when you know you can flourish with something you love so yeah my true inspiration i guess comes from from myself um and 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 as well the people closest to me like they inspire me a lot like my mum's a massive inspiration on me my my partner is a massive inspiration on me and 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 that plays a big part i guess in in that part yeah and so where can people go to connect with you outside of this chat? Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Is it on Instagram or where's good? Yeah, yeah. Hit, hit. On Instagram is good at, at uh, J Lipscomb, L-I-P-S-C-O-M-B-E or through the Yoga Factory one at the Yoga Factory Southend. Um, yeah, that's the best place to connect to me. If you're, if you're local, then yeah come down to the yoga factory when it's reopened that's where you'll connect with me um i like to keep a bit of a low radar on the instagram but i do post some stuff on there now and again um mainly food related at the moment during quarantine um so that's where you can find me uh, for sure oh i forgot to, I, I was holding books in my hand by the way about inspiration that, that is another place where i take inspiration from of course um yeah like this is bliss divine like, i read from this book all the time. I used to read uh, one paragraph every single day. Um, kind of slipped off that recently during lockdown. So I haven't found it that productive lockdown, if I'm honest with you, uh, on my own side or not. But like, yeah, books that are spirit, spiritual books that are like, that are, are non, um, I guess, directed in a specific direction from sages or whatever. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but yeah, spiritual books definitely draw a lot of inspiration from that. Trueness, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm there at the Yoga Factory, that's right, yeah. At Jay Lipscomb, that's where you find me. And so um, just everyone who is listening to this recording or watching this recording, I'm gonna put links to Josh and to the Yoga Factory in the comments and also I'll get Josh to send me links to all the books, the names of the books and uh, the Instagrams of the people that he mentioned as well so that you can also go and connect in and uh, see if you can be inspired from them too. Um, so yeah. thank you so much for joining me, Josh. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you no so much. Thank you for having me. And also, um, like, if you can put the link to the Conscious Collective as well, I think that's really nice just because, like, there's a lot of stuff going on with that page as well and I think that would be... When, when this lockdown finishes, I, I feel like that's one of my biggest inspirations as well, is like showing people that um, you can be a yogi and be into art, you can be into music, you can be into food, because these are all things that are real and they're, they're a true expression of ourselves. So yeah, go and follow that page as well. Perfect. I will make sure that I have got that link on there as well. And yeah, thank you so much, Josh. And thank you to everyone who is listening or watching. And I will catch you again soon for another chat episode. Have a lovely day. Stay safe. Be happy. Thank you. Bye.